It's time to emerge from our homes and get outside. You have no idea what you're going to see there. You think you might know, but every time there's a mystery there that you're going to unearth. All this week, LifeKit is headed outdoors with episodes on camping, birding, biking, and more. Listen to the LifeKit podcast from NPR. Happy Friday, everyone, from NPR Music and All Songs Considered. I'm Robin Hilton. I'm here with Serena Turos. Hey, Serena. Hey, Robin. Friday, of course, is the day of the week when most new albums and EPs come out. And we're taking a quick look at the best releases for June 4th, including new ones from Japanese Breakfast and Liz Fair. But we start with Rostam and his latest. It's called Change Phobia. He says, speak from your mind The words that it finds Come out of your soul, a part of the whole. You say, What does it change? Both of us know. After tonight, there ain't no future. But I want you, and I want to, and I'm happy. This is Rostam. His new solo album is called Change Phobia. The song we're hearing from it is called Bio 18. Rostam, of course, got his start in Vampire Weekend. He's been working as a solo artist for like five years now. And this is his second album under his own name. And I don't know, Serena, I thought it basically has everything you love about his music. It's, it's really beautiful, but also a little off. It's a little weird with lots of little sounds to get lost in. I loved it. Yeah, I mean, in the last couple of years since Rostam has left Vampire Weekend as a full-time member, um, he's been producing all over the place, like Claro and the band Heim and like Maggie Rogers. Yeah. And it was really interesting. He was talking to Ann Powers a couple of weeks ago in conversation for the pop conference, and he was saying that oftentimes he does whatever best serves the music and whatever best serves the artist he's working with. Mm. But then when he's on his own, he kind of lets all of those production impulses all over the place. And I love that about his music where a song like Kinney on this record, mm. you end up with like a Barry Sax solo over a breakbeat. <laughs> um, right. And some of these songs don't stay in one time in the signature and meander all over the place. But like overall, they're always really sweet and sad and melancholic, but also beautiful. And I feel like his music just runs the gamut of the human experience in oh, a way sure. that a lot of other artists don't always get to for me. He is so good at making music that can feel pretty experimental, but also entirely accessible. He just, he walks that line so perfectly. There are so many entry points in this music, I thought, so many different ways to love the songs. But then he bends everything in these subtle ways, you know, like an unexpected sax line or a piano that's slightly out of tune. There are these snippets of conversations and distant ambient sounds and all those sorts of things kind of imply their own stories. 
I think he brings a lot of grace to these subjects and like forgiving himself and forgiving other people yeah. and like recognizing that, you know, you can't change what happens, but you can let yourself accept that it is what it is. Rostam is the artist. The new album is called Change Phobia. And Serena, we've got a couple other records that we want to talk about in the second half of the show, including the new one from Japanese Breakfast. But first, I want to play an album that we're loving from a UK singer based in Paris. This is Pote. His album is called A Tenuous Tale of Her. This is Pote. The new album is called A Tenuous Tale of Her. The song we're hearing from it is called Valley. And Radio Milwaukee's Tariq Moody here to talk about this one. Hey, Tariq. Hey, Robin. Hope you're doing well. I am. Thank you. This is Pote's second full-length album, um, but I think he's still new to a lot of people, so I thought we could just start with a little bit about who he is, and then we can break down why this is one of the week's must-hear records. So yeah, he's an artist that's originally from St. Lucia. He moved to London, but now he's based in Paris. Uh, and I could call his music Afrofuturistic. He takes the diaspora of uh, black music and combines them into a way using electronics and music that's influenced from Kuduro, which is music from Portugal, or even elements of baile funk or hip hop. I feel like he wears his influences on his sleeve, but I can never really pinpoint exactly where it is, mm -hmm. mainly because he melds them through his own life and creative experiences to create something primal, raw, atmospheric, and beautiful all at the same time. Yeah, he really perfectly can navigate that space between sort of darker, more experimental sounds and, and really what I would call dance pop in a way. I mean, I, yeah. in fact, I kept thinking... This is what it would sound like if Radiohead made a dance pop album. But thematically, I think uh, there's a real post-apocalyptic narrative to this record. He sings a lot about imminent doom and anxiety and claustrophobia and really struggling to hold on to your own sanity. There's also beauty on it, too, as well. Like the, As I yeah. mentioned before, The Good To You, which is like just, just a fun dance track. Such an arresting record. From Pote, the album is called A Tenuous Tale of Her. Thanks, Tariq. Thank you, Robin. All right, from Pote, let's go to the 20th anniversary edition of the album Since I Left You from the Avalanches. Mr. Kirk, Dexter's in school. I'm afraid he's not, Miss Fishmore. Dexter's truancy problem is way out of hand. The Baltimore County School Board have decided to expel Dexter from the entire public school system. Oh, Mr. Kirk, I'm enough fed as you to learn Dexter's truancy, but surely expulsion is not the answer. I'm afraid expulsion is the only answer. 
It is the opinion of the entire staff that Dexter is criminally insane. Same, 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 This is the Avalanches with the 20th anniversary edition of their album, Since I Left You. The cut we're hearing from it is called Frontier Psychiatrist. And contributor Christina Lee, back to talk about this one. Hey, Christina. Hey, Robin. So as I said, this is the 20th anniversary edition of the record. It first came out in Australia uh, in late 2000, then in the UK and the States in 2001. I guess given that there are grown adults walking the earth now who weren't even alive when this first came out, maybe we should just start with why we're still loving and talking about this album two decades later. Well, the reason why I think we're still talking about this album 20 years later is that it really is just a feat in analog sampling. I think in the song Frontier Psychiatrist Alone, you're hearing something like 37 spoken word recordings. And I think in the album total, there's maybe 3,500 samples. And when we're talking about samples, we're not just talking about loops. We're talking about essentially chords and notes and snippets of 80s films that this group had essentially stitched together. So it's very much in the tradition of introducing by DJ Shadow in addition to the works by BC Boys and De La Soul. It's just really, really impressive. Yeah, I think in the age of GarageBand, where anyone can cut up digital samples and stitch them together for next to nothing, I think it's hard for people to appreciate how complicated it was to pull off a record like this. We heard a little bit of Frontier Psychiatrist. I want to play another cut and jump around here a little bit. This is a song called Two Hearts and Three Four Time, and this is how it starts. Can't you hear it? Oh, can't you hear it? Mind me. Can't you hear it? Money. Mind me. Money. Money. Then this is about halfway through the, the cut. And this is how it ends. So I kept thinking, man, if you're listening closely enough to this, this whole album can really give you whiplash. And there's a real emotional journey as well. Well, one of the members, Robbie Chatter, what was maybe two years removed from having undergone intensive care for alcohol abuse. And so he would say that this album was very much driven by, you know, just the joy of just being alive here in this world. And I really think that's palpable as you listen to this album. And for this 20th anniversary edition of it, um, we should say that there's a second disc that they've included that has a whole bunch of remixes on it. And when you look at the list of the artists on it, like Stereolab or Cornelius, uh, you get a sense of the reach that this record has had over the decades. So much fun to revisit this one. Since I Left You, the 20th anniversary edition from The Avalanches. Thanks so much, Christina. Thanks for having me. 
We've got one more album that we want to play before we take a break. It's from the UK electronic artist Lorraine James. It's called Reflection. This is Lorraine James. Her new album is called Reflection. The cut we're hearing from it is called Simple Stuff. And NPR Music's Lars Gottridge back to talk about this one. Hey, Lars. Hey, Robin. Lorraine James is a UK artist and electronic musician. And I just love how beautifully disjointed this record is. You know, there was a moment while I was listening to it where I thought, every bone in the body of this record is popping out of its socket. (laughs) (laughs) It's one way to think about it, sure. (laughs) In the best possible way. You're right. She's based out of London, and she mixes a lot of different kinds of styles of electronic music, drill, drum and bass, house glitch, but like a free-flowing ease. And it's never really one thing or the other, but kind of a collage for the club. Yeah. And um, not to put too fine a point on it, but she makes club music for introverts. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I think that's true. I think that's a good way to put it. As an introvert myself who likes music that moves me both physically and emotionally, but is intimidated by the idea of returning to clubs after a year in quarantine, I'm really feeling this album like it's got me in my feels. Well, maybe this is one of the reasons why you would say this is uh, dance music for introverts. I I don't know. But one of the things that struck me about it is there's a lot of warmth in these songs in a way that might not be immediately obvious. You know, I think it'd be very easy for this music to come off as very cold or even futuristic or maybe alien. But there's a lot of sweetness and tenderness in these songs, I thought. You know, and it's right there in the title, right? Reflection. Yeah. Lorraine James is Black. She's queer. And in these songs, she's thinking about anxiety, sexuality, isolation, and the Black British experience. And she filters these ideas through beats that cut across the horizon at weird angles and dips down into abstract consciousness. Like, there are still moments of the blitz disorientation that you talk about, but she really does smooth out the hard edges with this very open-hearted vulnerability. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. The album is called Reflection from Lorraine James. And Lars, we've got one more album that we'll hear and talk about a bit later in the second half of the show. But first, we need to take a short break. This message comes from our 2021 lead sponsor of NPR Music, State Farm. To celebrate their surprisingly great rates, State Farm invites you to discover the surprisingly great genre, Boston hip-hop. It's not just your everyday hip-hop with a thick Boston accent. Boston hip-hop is known for its gritty beat, DIY stages, and underground music scene. It actually got its start at Harvard and MIT's radio stations. This beat's got brains and beauty. Make sure to check out Boston hip-hop, then check out State Farm's surprisingly great rates. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Support also comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Brewer Terrence Sullivan shares how brewing beer is often a science, but to achieve the right flavor profile, it can also be an art. 
And the science is the process of making the actual beer and, and the art form comes from the brewer of literally weaving in different hops. They're just adding some nice little zest to it. To learn more, go to SierraNevada.com. Must be 21 years or older. Please drink responsibly. It's New Music Friday from NPR and All Songs Considered. I'm Robin Hilton, and we're highlighting the best albums out today on June 4th. We start the second half of the show off with Japanese Breakfast and the album Jubilee. This is Japanese Breakfast. The new album is called Jubilee, and the cut we're hearing from it is called Savage Good Boy. And Serena Turos, we come back to you for this one. Japanese Breakfast, otherwise known as Michelle Zahner. Uh, we've been following her for a few years now on her previous couple of albums, and notably in a memoir that she just released called Crying in H Mart. She processes a, a lot of trauma and grief. But Serena, on this album, it seems like she's making a very intentional move back into the sort of back into the light and rejoining the living. Yeah, Michelle Zahner's mother died several years ago, and she's really been processing that grief in her art for a long time. But with this album, Jubilee, it seems like she's finally ready to look out over the other side. And she's asking a lot of hard questions on this record. Is it possibly happy without the assurance of love? And like, how do you navigate the guilt of finding new love in the face of this unquantifiable loss. But she really expands her sonic palette here. Her previous records have a lot of shoegaze and indie rock. And on this one, there's like these wonderful string arrangements and these horn sections. And, you know, on a song like Savage Good Boy, there's these beautiful production choices, like this Alvin and the Chipmunk sort of vocal processing mm-hmm. on some of the on some of the opening lines. I was surprised by how deep she gets into the 80s pop sound, particularly in the production and arrangements. Like there's a song called Be Sweet on here that I thought, man, this could have easily followed Cyndi Lauper's Time After Time or maybe Peter Gabriel's In Your Eyes if it was on the radio back then. Yeah, you know, I know for a fact that Michelle Zahner is a fan of Wilco. And one thing that she likes that that band does is that they let the instruments speak where words fail. So like on on that last song you're talking about, Robin, there's a certain point where words stop and you have just to let it rip. And she really yeah. does that in certain points. And I think there's this bittersweet mix of, you know, nostalgia and recognizing that life has to go on after loss. Yeah. And I think all of these sweet sweeping string arrangements, the horns, your guitar solos, I feel like they all really do that. Japanese Breakfast is the artist. Jubilee is the album. And Serena, let's do one more before I let you go. It's a new one from Liz Fair. Her first new album in more than a decade. It's called Soberish. Is something wrong? You take my 
This is Liz Fair back with a new album called Soberish. The song we're hearing from it is called Spanish Doors. Serena, Liz Fair for me is, and I think so many others, is just a much beloved artist who, you know, she completely blew our minds back in the early 90s when she put out Exile and Guyville and Whip Smart. I mean, we'd really heard nothing like those records before. And it occurred to me, Serena, that you are now the age that I was back then when those <laughs> records came out. And I'm wondering how Liz Fair and this new album sound to you. You know, I feel so cheated because I grew up in the 2000s, kind of right after this wave of women in rock. And I really didn't personally see a re resurgence until maybe the mid-2010s. And I was just wandering around for years like, I love Haley Williams, but is there anybody else out there? Yeah. Um, and so Liz Fair is definitely one of those artists that I knew existed, but had never dived into her her catalog. Yeah. And I feel like this new record, Soberish, is actually a pretty incredible entry point. She's teamed up with the producer that she worked with for Exile and Guyville, Brad Wood. And I've been looking for perspectives in music that talk about getting older as a woman that don't only deal with that topic with dread and disdain. And I feel like Liz Fair has this very clear-eyed view of the ups and the downs of that. And I find people who write about themselves as not imperfect humans, but as people who are fallible and can do good things and do bad things really interesting. And I think that she does this on this record where she doesn't absolve herself of, of her actions in the past and she's really generous to those around her. Yeah. We talked a little bit about that, I think, with the Rostam record. You know, she sings about who she's been in the past and who others have been in the past and about being honest with yourself and okay with who you are and asking others to be okay with who you are too. And I was really moved by that in a way that I haven't been on some of her past records. And if, as you say, this is your entry point to Liz Fair, I think you're you're getting the most beautiful and reflective album that she's made. I think that this is sort of the, this is the older, wiser record that you might expect from an artist at this point in their career. Uh, but it's not too late to go back and, and listen to the prequels <laughs> from this and hear <laughs> some of those early records. Liz Fair, so happy to have her back after way too long. The new album is called Soberish. Thanks, Serena. Thanks, Robin. From the veteran rock of Liz Fair, let's go to the Nashville artist known as Tristan. Her latest is called Aquatic Flowers. I'm a dread. This is Tristan, the singer Tristan. Her new record is called Aquatic Flowers. The song we're hearing from it is Complex. 
My complex is very complex. <laughs> exactly. And WNXP's Julie Height returns for this one. Complex, complex. I guess that says a lot about this record. Yeah, I think that, you know, Tristan is just so great at teasing so many layers out of simplicity, paying that kind of attention, you know. I mean, she's she's really a fixture of the indie music scene in Nashville and known for what I think of as modestly profound singer-songwriter pop, mm. you know, yeah. being into the art and the craft of it, which I'm sure is why so many other sophisticated pop-leaning singer-songwriters have been drawn to her, you know, Ginny mm-hmm. Lewis, having her join the band, Vanessa Carlton, co-writing an entire album with her. Well, and to take a sound, I mean, I think it's fair to say we've heard this kind of music before, but she manages to make it sound so vital and fresh and vibrant and alive. I was thinking while listening to this that, you know, there are there are records that are full albums or hold together as a full album because they're very conceptual. You know, you have to hear it as a whole piece because of the the narrative theme that runs throughout it or whatever. And and then there yeah. are those records that stand as full albums because every cut leaves you wanting another. And that's what this record was for me. After every song, I I just thought, thank you. I'll take another. <laughs> I agree. And I think that that is a testament to... Like I said, the art and the craft of it and and the attention and just the tension and intention, kind of, you yeah. know, a particular way of seeing and sort of letting her curiosity lead her into exploring these things in these songs. I mean, you know, that's I think that is something that comes across and makes it compelling to her curiosity. Tristan is the singer, her new one. It's really great. It's called Aquatic Flowers. Thanks so much, Julie. You're welcome. We have one more album that we want to play for you this week, but there are a handful of other notable releases out now on June 4th that I want to mention, starting with uh, one we just learned about earlier this week and we weren't able to hear ahead of the taping of the show. From the Atlanta rapper Lil Baby and Chicago rapper Lil Durk, their new one together is called The Voice of the Heroes. It's got 18 new tracks with features from Meek Mill, Travis Scott, and a whole bunch more. Again, Lil Baby, Lil Durk, the album is The Voice of the Heroes. Wolf Alice, the London-based band, has a new one out today, their third full-length. It's called Blue Weekend. August Fannin and Def C. August Fannin is a producer and Def C is a Chicago rapper. Their new one together is called We Dress the City with Our Names. Joy Oladokun, a folk singer from Arizona, has just released her major label debut. It's called In Defense of My Own Happiness. And there's a really interesting album out today from Hailu Mergia and the Walias band. It's called Tezeda. This is the band's first full-length album, originally put out in 1975 in Ethiopia, where they're originally from. Hailu Mergia moved to Washington, D.C., where he worked as a cab driver for years. But now his music's being rediscovered. This very rare album has been unearthed, remastered, re-released by the awesome tapes from Africa label. Again, it's called Tezeda. All of that music out now on Friday, June 4th, along with this last one that we want to play, another incredible album that's celebrating its 21st anniversary. This is Segundo from Juana Molina. Cantar 
This is Juana Molina. The album is called Segundo. This is the 21st anniversary edition of the album. The song we're hearing is the opening cut, Martin Fierro. And Lars Gautridge, we uh, come back to you for this amazing album. I say it's the 21st anniversary of it. The dates are a little fuzzy. It originally was released in Juana Molina's home country of Argentina in December of 2000. It was eventually picked up by Domino Records, which released it internationally in 2003. And that's when we had it on our best CDs of 2003. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed. Different I remember time. having a debate with Bob, like, what do we call them? Albums? He's like, I think CDs. And we were like, yeah, that's the only thing that makes sense. Best CDs of 2003. But it's been remastered for this anniversary edition. But really, I, I just see it as a wonderful excuse to talk about what, what I think is one of the all-time great albums. I have a question for you then, Robin. Mm-hmm. Do you have a record that you spin to impress people? I have in the past. I'm not sure what that record would be. Is this one you do? Well, you know, kind of like that scene in High Fidelity where Rob knows that he can sell five copies of the Beatty Band. Oh, right, right. Right. My (laughs) version of that is either the album Sensuous by Cornelius or basically anything by Juana Molina. Yeah. Like, if I know you like Juana Molina, your cool percentage automatically shoots way up. <laughs> Let's back up like just a second. Juana Molina was a pretty successful TV comedian in Argentina in the 90s. Uh, she dabbled in music, but she didn't like how she was being handled by major labels. So she recorded and released Segundo on her own, as you mentioned earlier. And uh, it started her down this path where she not only formed, but forged a new sound that would continue to evolve for the past two decades. Now, I looked up some old reviews from this time, and Robin, they do not age well. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, lots of men, very clearly excited about her mix of folk and electronic music, but in a rather pedantic way, calling it simple or novel, or my favorite, and I, I quote this verbatim, it's not from London, New York, or Paris, but... Buenos Aires. <laughs> well, Tom Moon, when in his review for NPR, he he raved about it, and he was the one who his review turned me on to it. And I very very vividly remember hearing this album for the first time, and the sounds on it just blew my mind. Like just that opening cut, Martin Fierro, when it drifts in, it all just sounded so organic and alive and living, but also mythical and magical. Like it was one of the first early records where I couldn't tell you what I was hearing. You know, you could I couldn't quite place everything or identify the sounds. Yeah, and by happenstance or the collective unconscious, like Juana Molina tapped into a strain of experimentation that goes back to the 70s. The like I think about the psychedelic folk album Parallelograms by Linda Perhax, which also mixed folk instruments with electronics, or the way Silver Apples applied folk melodies to modular synthesizers. And among the many ways Segundo is different is how various Latin music rhythms weave in and out of these whirs and squiggles, and the same with her hushed sense of melody. But unlike those early experiments, she truly blurred the line between electronic and acoustic. And like you said, making a mystery of exactly what's being played at any one time, it's truly a singular album and extremely cool music, and she would just go on to refine and change her ideas about how she made this music for the last 20 years. Yeah, and it still holds up so beautifully. I I was off the last couple of weeks, and you know, I so rarely get a chance to listen to older records that I love or 
spend a lot of time with them. You know, I'm always moving on to the next new thing for the show, but I listened to Segundo over and over while I was out and absolutely loved every second. It was so great to revisit. Segundo from Juana Molina, the 21st anniversary edition out now. Thanks so much, Lars. Thanks, Robin. And that'll do it for this week's New Music Friday. To hear the songs we featured on this episode, along with a whole bunch of other singles that came out this week, search for NPR's New Music Friday playlist in Apple Music, Spotify, or on our website at npr.org slash allsongs. Keep up with the latest music, tiny desks, and other features from NPR Music with our weekly newsletter. You can sign up for it at npr.org slash music newsletter. And for NPR Music and All Songs Considered, I'm Robin Hilton. Have a great weekend. Be well and treat yourself to lots of music.